The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host, pastor and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. <laughs> That's my bell. We are now entering the 12 days of Christmas. Woo. And after discussing Yellowstone dads last week, I wanted to stick to our family theme for this family-focused season. Aaron, this may sound crazy. <laughs> of course. But it seems to me our entire culture is wrestling with defining what a family even is these days. It seems to be another foundational institution in need of restoration. You are absolutely right, man. We definitely need to get back to the idea of uh, uh, family, uh, back to a Bible-based viewpoint on it if we want to do it right. But anyway, good evening. Good evening, good evening. Good evening. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? <laughs> good. Hey, man, you're looking good. You look really good. It's good to see you always. You know... um, the whole basis of our show has to do with restoration, uh, restoring a person, a man, uh, to a biblical uh, view on things, you know. And it's that thing, you know, I, I, I'm always happy to announce our sponsor because ERS, they're about electronic restoration services and restoring your um, electronic uh, devices, all taking care of all your needs. But they're they're deeper than that. They're bigger than that. I mean, they promote this show about restoring. They're all about restoration, right? And so I just want to give a shout out and let you know, ERS, uh, Electronic Restoration Services, check them out. You know, um, this show, uh, the family, look, last week messed with me. You're talking about dads. This week you're uh, talking about families. And, and it, for me, it's a big thing. You know, I don't know. If you're a new listener, uh, we hope we have those and continuing listeners and followers that, you know, the family structure, the dad thing, I had to grow and learn it. And it's been only the last, I want to say 15, I say as long as I've been with my wife, the last 20 years that I've actually grown into uh, what I consider a biblical father. Now, good or bad, I let my kids and my wife uh, rate me. I, I rate myself as a decent father with always room to learn. And a family man, learning to be a family man, because our society has is trying to redefine that, reshape that, and what that looks like and how that interacts. So, man, I, I hope you're ready, because we're hoping we get some uh, feedback on this show, especially. Well, I have a message to the counterculture. Uh-oh. I reject. <laughs> I reject you. Hey, man, you and me both. Baby. So I have a library of content. And I went back, and in July of 1998, a woman named Midge Decker, this fabulous woman, delivered the fifth lecture in a series titled Leadership for America on the topic of family. So that's almost 24 years ago now, folks. Some of my notes here are from that lecture. I want to give her appropriate credit. So her opening question was, 
Where did the idea that the family might somehow be an object of debate and choice even come from? It is never easy, as epidemiologists will tell you, to trace the exact origin of a plague. Now, she said that in 1998, and here we are dealing with this pandemic. I just thought it was just, whoa. Timely. That's, that's really timely. So her supposition goes back to a 1950s Esquire magazine where a young man still in university wrote that he thought if he might end up someday like his own father, working hard every day to make a nice home for the wife and kids, he would slit his throat. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, wow. then in the 1960s, the young author's female counterparts began in their own way to declare that throat cutting would be the proper response to the prospect of ending up like their mothers. Well, surprise or no, the plague was now upon us. That young man in Esquire was saying something else beneath the posturing. He was saying that he did not wish to ever become a husband and father because of responsibility, I think. And the raging young women who came along soon after him were saying they, for their part, would be all too happy to be getting along without him. And what, finally, when the dust of all these newfound declarations of independence began to settle, was the result of this new turmoil. The young men began to cut out, cut out of responsibility, cut out of service to their country, and cut out of the terms of everyday, ordinary life. <laughs> wow. Aaron, aren't there similar times in the Old Testament where the Jewish people went through something similar in their own disobedience? Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, everything I just heard you say is part of Satan's plan on destroying the family and, and everything else that follows in, in that. You know, um, wow, that was interesting to listen to. Men not wanting to be husbands and fathers and, and women all right with that and not wanting a husband or a father for their kids. That's a messed up world. And oh, wait, that's the world we're living in. And it's funny, you went back 1998. Then you went back to 1950, and so we can see this progression. And and I can go back even further to Genesis chapter three, <laughs> right? I mean, really, that's where it mm -hmm. happened in 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 the garden, where um, Eve disobeyed God by disobeying what her husband said, and like I don't need you to answer for me, right? Just this whole messed up um, thought process. Men for men or women. Forsaking, deceiver. right? Following the deceiver and forsaking their position, forsaking what they are cr created for. You know, the Bible is, uh, you know, you asked about, you know, accounts. The Bible is full of accounts of the nation of Israel rebelling against God and his structure and order of things to chase after the ways of the world and the cultures around them, right? There's a foundation. Like, uh, the last show, you read one of those poems that really talk, uh, touches me about clay and being molded. Well, that's the story of God molding us in his image and likeness to bear his image and likeness and to be men, to be fathers as he is a father. It's just crazy. And, and to not want to do that, not to uh, uh, to rebel against that, you know, rebellion leads to bondage. Right. To heartache and to headache. And most importantly, it leads to the destruction of family, of culture and of civilization, civilizations, which uh, led to the I, I want I want to say this because I wrote this and I was thinking about it and I read it. And, and, and you know, if you study history and I know you, yes, you love, read, love history, read everything. And, and you'll and, and I, I think you can support this 
um, supposition, if you will, these big words, you know, I got to bring my vocabulary up when I'm with Dave. Most indubitably. (laughs) Anyway, we think that a country falls from the top down. No, it's not the government. It's the people. If the culture, especially the family structure, you think about a father and a mother. And listen, I, I have nothing against. I believe that women and men are created equal. Uh, in creation, but different in station. And God designed it that way. And and the, and the crazy thing is when that dynamic gets distorted, perverted, and utterly destroyed or neglected, there goes the culture. There goes the community, right? First, it starts in the community, in the city, in the town, in the state. The then rot the, from within. The rot from within, <laughs> yeah. right? Because a country's built on people. And if the people are corrupt, misled, or uh, misdirected, if families are destroyed, look at our government today. It is a direct reflection of families today. Chaos, confusion, dissension, uh, uh, just, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry, boy, we're going to, okay. we're touching on this one. I'm bringing, I'm bringing us back. So Bring let's, us back. So let's say, then, that, that the culture war that we're, you know, in the throes of right now, violently, began in earnest in the 1960s. And for 60 years now, our children have grown up with a drumbeat of lies, claiming that there is no natural difference between men and women, (laughs) only cultural ones. That is a lie. This isn't a rebellion against government or society, but against the very constitution of our beings, we, men and women. What is a husband? What is a wife? What is a mother? What is a father? Everybody has always known such things. How have we come to the place where they are open for debate? This is Miss Dector's words. But I wonder what she would have to say about gender dysphoria <laughs> today and how even farther off the, the track we've gotten. The cancel culture today says when it comes to families, any arrangement is to be considered as good as any other. Two mommies, two daddies, etc. You just uh, go anywhere you want with that. People don't pick their professions that way. They don't decide where to live that way. They don't furnish their lives or their houses that way. They don't even dress themselves that way. But families, why not? Aren't they, after all, no more than the results of voluntary agreements between two private individuals? Wow. And that's the, the legalese that we're hearing from the culture. Now, Aaron, where can this self-deception and straying from the truth lead us? Well, man, Dave, you know, after hearing what you just said and then the note you had on uh, Miss Dector's lecture, it made me think of a message that I just preached. Man, and, and I'm going back. Like I said, I could always go back to uh, the Bible and go back to this message I preached called Questions. And it brought up the memory of the very first question asked in the Bible. Did God really say? That's what Satan did. That's what we're doing right now. Did God say, did God really say? Yeah, Yeah, you you surely die. Did God really say this is the structure of the family? Did God really say this is what a man is supposed to do? Did God really say this is what a a woman was supposed to do? Right? That, That question, the devil was questioning. The question implied so many things, but one was that God actually didn't know what he was talking about. And that it was better for us to decide, Eve to decide 
what was best for her, right? I know there's more to the story. I'm not here to preach a sermon, but that's what it comes down to. You're saying the, 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 the drumbeat of lies since the 60s. What is a husband? What is a wife? What is a family? It's been defined, right? But we don't want the definition. We want what we want, right? Uh, to tie all that into the topic you're talking about today with family, God gave, check this out. God gave a man a job. He yes. gave him a home. And, he, and then he gave him a wife, right? He said, you need to have a place for her. You need to have uh, ink. You need to work so that you can provide for her. And then you can have her. And then you can have some kids. And he said, and multiply. God made man, home, job, wife, family. That's, that's pretty much how it, it rolls out. And he's the ultimate authority. But there it is, Dave. He's the ultimate authority. But our culture, our counterculture teaches us that I'm the authority of my life, that I get to do it my way. You know, um, I, I heard a message preached about this song. Bit the apple. <laughs> Bit the apple. Fred Astaire. I do it. I, I, I did it. I know not Fred Astaire. Um, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Blue eyes. Yeah. Right. I did it my way. When we try to redefine, reestablish that in which God set up, we are basically like the devil asking, did God really say? When we do this, we, we are headed into a world of death, destruction, chaos, and confusion. That is what happened then, and that is what's happening today. Because instead of accepting God's plan and his way, we choose our own. We choose to re redefine what God has done and established, and that just doesn't and won't work. And that's why we see all this turmoil, all this strife, all this contention, because it doesn't work outside of the plan. Well said. So, as Dector stated, that a famous White House conference on the family in the 1970s could not even begin to mount a discussion, let alone provide a report, <laughs> because from the very first day, they could not even reach an agreement on the definition of the word family, because they're trying to accommodate, you know, to all these special interests and uh, positions. She then stated unequivocally, though, together, marriage and parenthood are the rock on which human existence stands. I'm going to repeat that. Together, marriage and parenthood are the rock on which human existence stands. In societies, whether primitive or advanced, that have no doubt about how to define the word family, every child is born to two people, one of his own sex and one of the other, to whom his life is as important as their own and who undertake to instruct him in the ways of the world around him. I love that clear, simple definition. Thank you, Miss Deck. <laughs> Amen. She goes back to her rock metaphor. I have said that family is a rock, not the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and as we all know, a rock can sometimes be a far from comfortable place to be. Families can, you know, they know all of our warts and history. Yep. But there is one thing that living on a rock does for you. It keeps you out of the swamps. The most dangerous of these swamps is a place of limitless and willfully defined individual freedom. Uh -oh. And that's where this agenda is. That's it right there. The most dangerous of these swamps is a place of limitless and willfully defined individual freedom. The land of limitless freedom, as so many of us among us now are beginning to find out, turns out to be nothing other than the deep muck and mire of self. Right. And there is no more airless, more sunken boredom than the land of self. 
and no place more difficult to be extricated from. It's, it's quicksand. The only escape from the swamp of self is the instinctual and lifelong engagement in the fate of others. The involuntary, and I'm going to stress that, involuntary discovery, and this is what happened to me when I became a parent, that there are lives that mean as much to you as your own. It doesn't happen until you become a parent that you love something more than yourself. Of course, we're talking about, you know, your children and your grandchildren. In short, that discovery that comes with being an essential member of a family. Aaron, just illuminate this profound truth with more light from the good book. Well, you know, the funny thing, I'm going to use that exactly. Um, We're image bearers, right? We're supposed to be image bearers of Christ, of of God, and, uh, and he's a father who sent his son to make sure his kids were okay and would come home, right? He continually made provision and uh, continually took his responsibility and showed us how to be responsible. And because we turn away from him, we turn away from what is right. And we come up with all this foolishness where we can't define a family, what was defined. But we, it's not that we can't define it. We refuse to accept it as it is, and we want to rewrite it. Right. But in, in our rewriting, we're writing it wrong, right? We're writing it in such a manner that we can't make sense of it ourselves. And it constantly is changing because the culture is constantly changing. But if you go back to the foundation, the rock in which it was established on, ooh, come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. That was an amen <laughs> moment. Very good day. Right? You, you can see it. The Bible tells us uh, to consider uh, with loneliness of mind, esteem others greater than themselves. And nowhere, nowhere else is this portrayed better than in the family dynamic and a father and a mother a loving on nurturing their their kids uh, because it, it, it emulates what God does. It, it, it's He set the example, the precedent, and he shows us that he first loved us. And we learn that love by giving ourselves to someone else. And we see then it starts to, like, make sense, Right. I'm a person who struggled with love, struggles with it. You know, we've talked about it on this show. You've heard my my battle inside, my hurt, my fear that I don't know how to love um, the way I want to. But I'm learning because I first have the greatest example in the world, God, who emulates that, who shows me. He, he The Bible says he first loved me. He gave himself to me that I may receive and believe, right, so that I could bear that image to my wife, to my kids, to my neighbors, to my friends, and, and learn to love. Bear with one another, and if one has complained against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven. To walk in this relationship, because like you said, a rock. Family sometimes, because they know everything, it can be hard and it can, it can be frustrating and agitating, but it's unmovable. It, 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 it will stay. Right. It will stand through the test of time. And when you need it, it will be there to stand on. And it's just it's just crazy that we want to uh, walk in this individual uh, limitless freedom and what it does for us. We know families can be built in all kinds of ways today and can be a tough dynamic to navigate in and through. What I mean, you know, you have broke divorce families where we have, we call them blended different ways that we build family adoption. However, if we know the love of Christ and stay away from selfish ambition as our only goal, it can, it, it can be a, uh, 
a beautiful thing. If we stay away from me, 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 and think that I get an opportunity to be like my Father in heaven and to give myself my love and all that I have to another person, right? Because that's how I was created. That's how the family dynamic is. And it all starts with a father, right? God has a, a hierarchy thing. He, he's not a God of confusion, chaos. That's why he tells a husband to love his wife. That's why he says, submit ye one to another. Then he tells a wife to submit. You know why he says it the other way? A husband has to teach his wife. He has to lead her. And he can't lead her where he hasn't been. So he needs to submit to God first so he can teach her to submit to him in a loving and godly manner, ergo the children and so forth. So the family unit. But we're trying to do it ourselves. We want to be God's and ourselves. Man, that's that's exactly what the whole story in the garden was. You know, I want to be like God. And, you know, I just look at these phones and I look at that apple with the bite out of it. And I'm just like, man, you know. And we're still we're still us. biting the apple. That's right. I can ask Siri and I'll know everything. <laughs> well, to become a family is to lose some part of one's private existence and to be joined in what was so brilliantly called the great chain of being. In other words, being the member of a family does not make you happy. It makes you human. I like that. We would do well as both a people and a culture to recapture our respect for the wisdom of our forebears, the wisdom that was earned in suffering and trial, or we will have to suffer <laughs> again and go through those trials. So if you want to engage with us on this topic of family, I want to hear from you. I want you to email me at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com, and uh, you can give me your thoughts on what we've talked about today. So, Aaron, you know, closing thoughts and uh, prayer for standing by God's words and to be the husbands and fathers he calls us to be. Yeah, well, I want our listeners to hear this. The idea of family, for some of us, uh, maybe as foreign as speaking another language. For others, it might be a busted dream. Uh, never be never to be put back together. And yet for others, family might represent the chaos, confusion, and heartache we bear, right? And then there's those that might have a good family uh, of good memories. Here's the thing about family that I want our listeners to get is that it has been defined in the Bible and that if we each take and play our role according to the word of God, we can have a good family life. We can start to emulate that and get back to the foundation, uh, the rock of uh, of our family existence and understanding to be human. Uh, we were created to love and to be joined to others in community, in family, in life. And we and we can't resist it. No matter your no matter what your view is, I can tell you with a certainty that there is a family for you waiting and it is the family of God through Christ Jesus. It is about being adopted into Christ and the love of God the Father, for there is no love like his love and care. You might have had a bad experience coming to know God because of some other person in your life. However, come to know God and our Lord and Savior Jesus for yourself and see what the idea of true loving, a true loving father and family is. Well, let me just end with a prayer here. Dear Heavenly Father, we're here celebrating the birth of your son in the Christmas season. And we need families. And it can be a time that's difficult to get together. But let this be a season where we actually claim and receive and accept the gift of your son of salvation, that we can be 
the families that you intended us that that love and that restoration you know after this pandemic where we've been just atomized separated taken apart from one another that we can rebuild our families first our communities our states our nation and that we will be restored you know as a people as one nation under god again and we ask this in jesus christ's name amen 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 thanks for tuning in Come back. We'll be here next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. God bless y'all. Take care. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Contact us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.